Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Monday morning, February 3rd. We already jumped into this month. It's so good to be back. I, um, I just, you know, every once in a while something comes up. And it's it's so far and few between that it's weird. But I never feel the break because I'm always busy in that time. Um, however, I am so happy to be back and even more excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Because today, you know, people come up to me and it's like I have this challenge. I have this problem. And over the years, it's always a different problem, but the person's the same, right? You're the same person everywhere you go, but there's just a new issue that comes up. And over the weekend, I thought to myself, why don't we treat a problem, not like an anomaly, like it just showed up, or a novelty, like once that problem goes away, we will no longer have a problem, and once we fix this, we'll be okay, and we start doing those kinds of things. It really came to mind, like, what the heck? Why don't we have a problem protocol or a challenge protocol? Why don't we? And so I, I literally sat just sat and said, like, Christ, come on, work with me on this. Because I realized I don't ask as much as I can. And having seen Christ, at first, I was more like, oh, wow, like, he's teaching me, he's teaching me. And once in a while, I get in a place where I just start asking questions. But what happens to me over time is I forget that I can. And this was something, you know, our world, our inner lives, our public lives, whatever it is, there's always something that shows up that we really just don't know what the next step should be or what we could do. And we let it bother us. We let it take the place of our happiness, of our joy, or interrupting our peace. And then we hold our breath until it goes away or fixes itself. Instead of just knowing it's a part of our lives, it's something we will take care of. There's no way we're not going to. We've made it this far taking care of things. And that we can still have joy and peace and contentment, because sometimes the joy is replaced by maybe a tragic event or something, but that we're going to make it. We are going to make it. We do make it. Even if we don't like how we've made it, we're going to make it. And just having perspective about that. So as I sat down and I asked, I literally, within seconds, wrote down these seven steps. And really the bottom line is instead of being reactive, this happened to me, that happened to me, and we you know, have this whole list of everything that's happened to us. We say, I've made it through that. 
And now I can, instead of being reactive, just be proactive. That's it. Because reactive goes with repeat, right? We start to repeat if we don't get it. If we're just reacting, we're also constantly repeating. But if we're proactive, we are constantly growing. Because our mindset will have grown to the point that says, I got this. There's no reason why I can't. And I always, without fail, keep going back to this one saying that just comforts me in a way I cannot even tell you. But before I start anything, after I finish anything, when I wake up in the morning, when I have a thought that scares me, when I have a thought that, you know, where ego is trying to get in and add fear, doubt, worry, control, or guilt, I always say, God, I want what you want. I have the free will to say, God, I want what you want. Because I know that whatever God wants for me, for you, for us, is our best. He wants us to fight through all of the silly stuff that wants to get in the way of our best. He wants our best. Everything Christ has ever told me was to access our greatest strength, which is why this show was so important and why I'm doing it every day because that's how he talks to me every day. And in March, it'll be six years. I think March 10th will be six years that we've been doing this show and it has never gotten old for me because every day I'm taking notes on my own show because I'm learning with you. It's like Christ's live time if that's possible. So he started with this. So we face challenges with a plan because no matter who you are, what you're doing, where you live, why you make the decisions you make, what your conditions are, There's something in your life right now that needs you to learn your way out of it. And without learning, when we're not learning, we feel stuck. And we know it. Like, oh, I'm bored. I don't have anything to do. You do have something to do. There are so many things to jump into in life while, while you are here. It's, it's an interesting, very sobering feeling of how close God is to us and how closely God works with us. And that's why I always say, God, I want what you want. So facing challenges with a plan, The first thing Christ said was to access the challenge. Think about that. How how empowering that feels. I am being challenged by, and you fill in your blank for today. For two or three months, I was being challenged by my niece who has paranoid schizophrenia. I really, it it bugged me in my sleep. It bugged me in my waking time. 
I tried to help my sister. I tried to help my niece. And there isn't much help in our world for people who have that. And there's no way any one person can afford can afford to keep them afloat because their brain is the most, I want to say, temporary brain we have. One minute they're okay, the next minute they're, they think you want to kill them. But I was being challenged by that. So I had to reel myself back and access the challenge as opposed to just reacting, trying to put a Band-Aid on an elephant is really what, but we thought we were the elephant and we found out we were just a Band-Aid. But just being able to say that helped me put in perspective what I can do and what I cannot even begin to touch, even though I was trying, which was why I was busting my head against the wall. But we need to access the challenge. I am being challenged by a situation that involves a mentally ill person who cannot hear, see, touch, or be around the people that love them most. And when I said that, it gave me an objective outlook as to how how do I do this? So the second thing Christ said, which I loved, was what would you like the outcome to be? So I'm like, you know, God, I would like that at one point we can get her to a point of accepting the fact because they think something's wrong with everyone, not with them, and that people try, are trying to poison them. But my outcome would be that she can accept help. That she can accept help. That was my outcome. So what would you like your outcome to be on your challenge? Now you access the challenge. This is what's going on, just in one objective sentence. And then what would you like the outcome to be? Write it out. You would be shocked at how calming it is to think a challenge through rather than let it attack you. And you feel like all you have to do is put a fire out all the time. The third thing. Christ said. So now you identified the challenge, right? You access it. And he, he specifically used the word access because that's when you go inside into your own feelings as to what your challenge is. Because one challenge to me may be different to someone else. People say to me, well, there's nothing you can do. She's just going to end up living on the street. And that's where she actually is going to be happiest because everyone she meets is brand new and she's not scared of them. That's what people told me. I did not want that to be true. So when I accessed the challenge, I had to see it for what it was, not what I wanted to see it as. That was in my outcome. This is what I would like to see happen. 
But number three was to create a plan, mental or written out. Whether you just see it in your head like, okay, I should do this, or maybe I can do that. This I can, this I can't do. And just have a clear, very objective picture of what you believe you can do. If you're at a job and and you access the challenge of, I have been doing the same job for the last 10 years, I deserve a promotion. I don't understand why I haven't gotten promoted. And then when you say, what would you like the outcome to be? You have to be honest. I'm ready for a promotion. And if I don't get a promotion here, I want to work somewhere else where I can actually do the work that would be the next step. Or you might be saying things like, I'd like the outcome to be that I transition from working for a company to working for myself. But then you have your creation of a plan. So how do you plan to do that? How do you use your assets to make money, the assets that you learned? And how do you get business? And write it all out. But once you do that, because now you've written it, you've given your brain direction. And once you do that, the fourth thing to do is to check in with your plan. Hey, I I wrote this plan out. What in it am I really doing and what am I not doing? Because I'll tell you what happens. When you check in with your plan, it's not the checklist that helps you out. But that simple sentence, check in with your plan, will tell you what's really important to you and what isn't. Because sometimes you may think you want that promotion. And you may wonder why for 10 years you didn't get it. But the truth may be, You may not really have wanted it. You may have liked the thought of it. You may have liked the thought of it. But you may not have really wanted it. What I found out with my niece was I wanted to help her, but her mindset wasn't a healthy enough mindset for me to say, come and live in my home. I couldn't do it. I couldn't let her come. I did it once and I never did it again. I called my sister and told her prior to us knowing what was going on, although I knew something was going on. I had her come and stay with me for two weeks. And unless I could stay awake 24 hours a day, I could not, I could not handle it. It happened to my mom, her grandmother as well. Because she wakes up when you go to sleep. She's left the door open to my mom's home. She stole my mom's car at 13 or 14 and got in a car accident in it. And that wasn't enough to convince me yet not to bring her in my home. And I did it. And within two days, I cannot even give you the laundry list of what happened. By the end of two weeks, I was thoroughly exhausted and depleted, and she didn't know the difference, did not know the difference, could care less, doesn't even know what 
all the stuff that's dropping around her. So I did learn. So when we check in with our plan, we got to say, okay, what's realistic and what isn't? But what did I really, really, really want? And that's when you start to define who you are. Hey, you know what? Maybe I just like getting up, doing my job, and then coming home and mentally having free time instead of worrying about my job. So first you access your challenge. I am being challenged by and fill in your blank. And what would you like the outcome to be? Create your plan, mental or written out, and then check in with your plan. Find out what your real motivations are. What are your purest intentions when it comes to working out this challenge? And the fifth one, that you, you have to go that far before you can ask for advice. You discuss your plan and you seek a mentor or advice or even just somebody to verbally say it to so that you can kind of hear yourself ask for what you believe you want to see happen in this challenge. Otherwise, you cannot accept the advice. You will not accept the advice because you will feel like somebody's coming in on your space. But if you know what your challenge is, you know what you like the outcome to be, you've created a plan, checked in with your plan, and now you're saying, is this the best plan? When you discuss it, it helps us feel like we have a sense of direction, like we feel like we're on the right path. If we don't feel we're on the right path, we can go back to the fork in the road and we can repave it. We can rewrite it. We can redo it. This is the spot to do it. Because once you get advice, you can reassess. Just reassess. Just say, okay, this was my challenge. This was the outcome. This was the plan. This was the advice. How is that working out for me? How is that working out? Am I happy with it? Do I feel helpless? Do I feel like it's bigger than me? And if I do, why? Why do I feel like it's bigger than me? What am I missing? And a lot of times you will find out it's just something you didn't want to do. The issue wasn't big enough for you to put this energy in, which was why it remained an issue. You never thought through to get it out of your life. And when we start to carry a lot of stuff that are challenges in our lives and we don't see them through, what happens to us is we start to feel stress, the kind of stress that's unfinished. Like your mind is racing when you sleep because you know, well, I didn't really attend to that and I really didn't do that and I didn't do this. And the list of what you didn't do is so much longer than what you did that you start to stress and you can't sleep the same. And you, even if you had time to do anything, you feel like you're doing it on borrowed time. Like your heart isn't able to completely rest in that space. Facing our challenges with a plan gives us the sense that every single day 
We are attending to our business. And that mindset is different than being underneath all these problems and spending a lifetime waiting for all the issues to go away before you can go on. I have talked to people in their 60s who've lived almost their entire adult life chasing the day that all their problems were going to be gone and they were going to be free. But the issue is the problems became a part of their makeup, their mental makeup, and they took up so much space in their lives that every time they solved one thing, they stuck a new one in there because they didn't know who they were when they weren't chasing that one day that was finally going to show up in their lives that they did not have an issue. That's a very unrealistic way to live. It's like chasing a ball down a hill. So if we have a plan to face our challenges and we can access that challenge, we can look it in the face and say, okay, this is my challenge. For some reason, I find that I'm constantly being argumentative with people. Why do I keep arguing with people? What do I want back from that? So what would you like back? What do you want the outcome to be as a result of your constant arguing? Is it attention? Is it to be right? Is it to put someone in their place? Why? Why? What is your end game when it comes to being argumentative? And this is a good one to ask teenagers because they're constantly arguing their parents. Can you imagine saying to the teenager, well, what, what do you want your outcome to be? Because I know mine is to settle things down. What is, what is your outcome? What do you want back from constantly arguing with your parents? And then you can create a plan, mental or written out, like, okay, next time the argument comes up to me, I will question it rather than react to it. Why does this upset you? Ask the person questions as opposed to trying to defend yourself. And then check in with that plan. How's that working out for me? Talk to your spouse. Talk to a friend. My child keeps coming up to me, and they're always argumentative. How did you raise your children? That's usually the best advice to somebody who already has raised their children. And then you can reassess. You can, you can go back and say, you know, to your kid, in the, in the, in, it has to happen in the middle of it. It can't happen in a time when it's not happening or you can't reroute your thoughts. So you say, as they come up to you and they try to put something the family's doing down or something you're doing down or putting themselves down. And you got to say, when you say that, where are you taking yourself? Where are you taking yourself? And why do you want to go in that direction? Because once we reassess, no matter what the answer is, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it is true, you will see completion. You will see completion. You will see that challenge have come and gone. 
I went through these steps dealing with my niece. I went through understanding mental health in a completely different light, but I learned that as opposed to what I was doing prior, and that was being reactive. Being reactive got me nowhere. She's not even my daughter, but she belongs to my family, and I felt this unusually deep, weird sense of feeling like I have to do something. I didn't want her to not have what the other nieces and nephews had or the other children in our family had. It broke my heart to see her realize at times that she was incapable. Schizophrenia is like having two broken legs and two broken arms. But what happened to me is I had to feel realistic about what I can do. And the only way I was able to do that was to literally access that challenge, which was the hardest thing for me to do because I knew if I did, I wouldn't actually know what I can do for her. And when I found out that I can't even get near her, at this point in time, because the, the walls are just, on her part, are, are ridiculous. I, I just started praying for her and praying to God who can do something, who can see her. I had to understand things that Christ has told me throughout the way, throughout the day. That there is no soul more important than another, but you cannot live another soul's life for them. But she did come here to face this for whatever reason. But whoever's inside that body now is completely disabled. And just like I don't have the capability to fix two broken legs and two broken arms. I was taking it upon myself in a weird way to fix her. I wanted to. But when I said that in my outcome, it made me realize what I was trying to take on. And she has parents. She has a mother and a father. Why did I feel like I had to do that? Because I have a very deep sense of responsibility towards people. And I wanted magic to happen. I wanted, you know, a miracle. Answering just that question, what you would like the outcome to be, gives you so much insight into your own psyche as to what you really believe you are capable of doing. And I really believe that I can help people. And the reason I believe that is because I love people. But we cannot help anybody 
on the face of this earth without their permission. And the thing that broke my heart is when you are that mentally, and I'm going to call it disabled, but when you are that mentally disabled, you don't even know you need help. And if someone's able to convince you and you're able to get medication, then God bless you because you will get your life back. But until you can do that, nobody's even allowed to help you. So to be able to put it in a plan, like, well, this is what we've done. This is what I want to do. And then you go and seek advice with people who work with people like this. You can reassess and you can get to the point where you come to some kind of conclusion so that you can live with that challenge with balance and objectivity where you can be proactive instead of reactive. So those seven steps are huge to carry you through whatever shows up at your door. And may that be the case. May you take a look at your challenges today, whatever it is that you feel is bigger than you are in your life, and give yourself a chance to solve it, to see it to the end, and to be comfortable with solving it. Because I found a lot of people hold on to their challenges because they're scared worse ones will come in if they take care of this one. And that's not necessarily true, although I get it. So you guys start this Monday facing your lives. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.